You know, this is why we do this. Okay, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> fix it in post. Fix it in post. Do you, do you know how much I hate that phrase? That is, because you are post. <laughs> I mean, just uh, have him work it's, on it. It's like when a ma- like a manager or owner is like, it is what it is. No, it isn't what it is. You made it what it is. Like <laughs> You have the power to fix things. All right, everyone. Welcome to the No Show. Uh, if you're listening to this now, that means the music has probably already played. Um, but welcome to the Doe Show, everyone. We have been going over hills and valleys together. We're here together. This is a personal and public journey with us all. I am your host, Jonathan Peckis. With me, as always, is Alex Mackley in beautiful, sunny state of California. It is actually finally sunny and nice out. It's been nicer and, or not nicer, hotter in Plainfield than it has been out here for a minute. Well, your standards are much higher than mine. And with us... For uh, for you guys, the second week in a row. But big news: new member of the team, guys. Our comedy three. We're back to our comedy threes, everyone. We got one, two, three. We got Ryan Burke with us, uh, the fix it and post himself. We just throw him the files. We're like, we don't know what we're doing. Make it sound pretty. It's like I cut out all the bathroom breaks, and my fingers are tired. You do the rest. <laughs> uh, so how you guys been? You know, Alex, you were saying it's finally sunny, beautiful. Um, you have a child I now. Have a child. You are with child. I'm with child. It's a little, little kitty cat. Um, I want to oh, name him. My he's my little smudgies, but Johnny's insistent on that. It is the Doe Show podcast, which is now on. What is it now on? Actually, I like I like that version better. It's the Doe Show podcast. <laughs> the Doe Show podcast. There you go. But originally, it was the Doe Show podcast. Now available on Spotify, the cat. And he's been very insistent on that. Uh, which, that, uh, well, it won't fit on a tag. <laughs> for all of you that have gone on to our Facebook page and everything, Johnny's thrown up a picture of his little kid cat, Miss Peggy, and her sweet little self. And she's black-haired. And he, my little guy is all white. we got little little, little baby yin-yang twins. Yin-yang, yeah, the yin-yang twins. That's what we'll call them. And it makes sense. Johnny's the shadow. I'm the light. <laughs> sure, we'll run with that. Yes, and. <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> I, I know I'm uh, the Shadow. I talk to Shadow Al regularly. People don't like Shadow Al, but I really like Shadow Al. Yeah, you know, Shadow Al is, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, okay, so if you have it, if this is your first episode because you're listening when Ryan came in, there's Shadow Al, uh, Alex is a knowledge cuck, Kevin and BV are interdimensional beings that come in every once in a while, um, Belarus is not real, and am I missing anything? I know I am. I'm missing tons of Graggle. Uh, we is Graggle's a thing. Um, Giuseppe Macalente is researching Belarus to see if it's real. Are you doing this recap more for me or everyone? Else? Uh, I've been listening. You know. Yes. <laughs> Very intently to the past three or four. When 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 we start a new thing, it seems like a lot a lot of people listen in on episodes that are uh, I don't know like. I don't know. I don't know. I do, I'm doing it for everyone uh, because I would doubt that. I mean, the numbers show that not everyone is listening to every episode. There's a lot of views on that first episode, and that probably explains why they haven't listened to the rest of them. <laughs> we probably really shouldn't have put it out there until a few after. <laughs> ah, no, no, no. We, we, all part we, of the process. Yeah, it's all part of the process. And like I said, it's a journey. It's a private and a public journey. The people listening to us are going on this journey with us, and now we've settled into a new groove. Uh, you know, we've talked before about structure. Uh, we're trying new things with structure. Um, 
So today we are trying something new. We're using an episode, uh, like we said in the first episode, we're not going to cover episode by episode going over every little thing about every little episode. There's 10 million podcasts that do that already. There's probably at least three in each country, minus Belarus, because it's a Russian psyop. But what we're going to do this episode is we're using an episode as fodder for things to talk about. And uh, if you're a fan of The Simpsons, you definitely, definitely know this episode. It's season two, episode one, uh, Bart gets an F. so surprising that he gets an f there is one episode where he gets an a and the whole family sings uh happy first a to you (laughs) but this is bart gets an f uh in my opinion not the funniest of the classic simpsons episodes but this is what makes the classic episodes the classic episodes it doesn't have to be just a fucking joke fest it has it has substance to it it has it's honestly a pretty stressful episode like there's there it deals with some pretty hard shit especially since we're talking about like elementary school ages or age kids in this one like some real shit like yeah i mean everyone everyone could i feel like most people have something in this episode that they can relate to on a personal level this episode was one that made you fall in love with the simpsons where you're like okay they're a family i see it's not it, just it, a it comedy gives heart show. And soul. Yeah, it has heart and soul, exactly. This is one of those episodes where you're like, oh, you've never heard of The Simpsons? Let me toss this one on real quick. Um, so let me just we'll do a quick rundown of the episode. We're not going to cover the whole thing. Basically, uh, Bart is in school. It's a book report, and he obviously is doing a book report on something that he didn't read. Miss Krabappel tests Bart, asking him things about the book. He kind of skims over the report in a very like vague way, which I can relate to because I remember doing many reports on books that I definitely did not read. And this was like I, we went to school. All three of us went to school before the 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 golden age of the internet, where like you could look at like uh, what was it footnotes.com, but that was even still much. Like I didn't really have a computer like that in my house. Yeah, that's like elementary middle school. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I he fudged his way through this book report. She asked a couple, like, confirming questions. He fucking bombs it. So, he fails. Ends up, you know, failing and failing and failing. They call the parents in, and then it's like, uh, listen, Bart, if you don't do better, you're going to be held back a grade in fourth grade. And he's like, no! But in reality, it's like, he's been in fourth grade for, like, what, 25 years now? No, it was, it was early in the season. Yeah, we're in, we're in season two. We're in season so. two still. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, season 32, he's still in fourth grade. So, it, there's that. But, uh, so, he's, he's trying to, he actually thinks about doing better, which, you know, again, relatable to me. I've thought about doing better in life, but when it comes down to it, he doesn't. He procrastinates. Homer convinces him not to do his homework and watch eight movies and then uh he falls asleep wakes up and it's the day of the test or or the night before i'm sorry he he prays right he prays that hopefully there's a way that there's no school tomorrow so i can study more uh there's a snow day he wants to go outside but then lisa brings up the fact that he got his wish and she's like i heard your prayer and you got it what are you going to do (laughs) yeah so he stays in he you know, studies his ass off as best as he could. He goes, he takes the test, and he fucking fails. Uh, if that's not relatable to everyone, then you're a fucking nerd, okay? Not everyone can succeed everything, okay, guys? Not everyone is good as as everyone else at everything. I'm I'm the asshole that was able to ace any exam or paper thrown at me, but just never did any of the homework because of that fact, and just kind of forced teachers to pass me because they're just like. Argh. I'm the one. I'm the one that everyone hates. <laughs> this, this is a good time to bring this up. Like, I mean, 
I sucked at school. I hated school. There's few classes that I actually enjoyed and did well in because I enjoyed them. But like, what about you guys? How was school for you? I'm an extremely good learner. I can learn anything on my own from somebody else. Someone that doesn't know what they're talking about can try and tell me about something and I can figure it out better than them from that conversation. But I'm not going to do fucking frivolous work just because you fucking told me to do it. I'm going to look at you and be like, there's no reason for me to do that. The point of the homework is for me to learn the material. If I've already learned the material, that's a waste of my time. I'm not going to waste time just so that you can tell me what to do. You know, again, it comes from my, my spirit llama. Again, not a domesticated animal. They will help you out. They choose to associate with humans. But as soon as you annoy them, they're like, fuck you, I'm done. I started great in school. I loved it. I loved learning. And then I turned into a bad kid. But not by choice. You know, I, I was Did it happen victim. after you meet Johnny? Because me and uh, <laughs> our old third, Mike Polly, were like, we were great kids. And then we started hanging out with Johnny. <laughs> Listen, if we have to change this podcast title to Johnny Ruins the World, Johnny Fucks People Up. See, I th- we'll, we'll be able to bring this into uh, what happens further on to the episode. You know, Johnny is a D-Gen piece of shit. I come from a nice, upstanding, beautiful little family. And then I became a DJ, and now Johnny's all like nice and running shit, and got a little place, and like a fiance, and takes care of his responsibilities. And it's like we flip flopped who we are. Yeah, and you know they really had me in the first half. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> we intersected at a certain point, though, for sure. Yeah, unfortunately, I've been told multiple times, like, yeah, I was really good in school. I behaved, you know, all this, and then. It's just about like 7th or 8th grade. You know, we all started hanging out and then downhill from there. But but I had a blast. I had a fucking blast. I had a blast dragging you guys down in life, making you a disappointment to your parents. Uh, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't you, John. It was, it was the schooling system, to be completely yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll get to that, too. Um, so a couple fun facts about this episode before we get into all the random stuff we were going to talk about. So... This episode was, I believe it was third in line for production for season two. So there's episodes that were created before it, but because at the time Bart was so popular, you know, Bart was on everything, t-shirts, you know, magazines, all that kind of stuff. Uh, They wanted to, yeah, yeah, yeah. They wanted to put him, uh, they wanted to put him first as far as the season goes. Uh, And then this was the episode that did about the best. Uh, out of all of the episodes, for what it says here, it had, you know, so many. I'm trying to find it here on my page, but it was, uh, it had the most, like, live viewers of any uh, Simpsons episode. Now, I don't know if that's talking about to modern day, but it definitely was a very popular episode when it came out. This episode was also, um, so. The Simpsons and The Cosby Show were, like, really battling for primetime spots at that time. And this was, I think, the first time that The Simpsons and The Cosby Show was aired at the same exact time on two different networks. And I believe Simpsons kind of blew them out of the water. That's funny, right? Yeah. And, like, you know, all you, like, Gen Z and Gen 1s and 2... I don't even know what Gen we're on anymore, but all of you younger folk... Wouldn't Gen Z be the last generation? (laughs) It's the prediction of... Where do you go from there? Nostradamus was like, it goes A to Z, and then 
done. Uh, but no, all the younger kids who uh, just know Bill Cosby for what he's known for now, uh, he was actually a very funny person back in the day, and people really enjoyed his shows for whatever reason. They were, I mean, I watched him. I had an insomnia as a kid. I remember watching it. Um, I think I, the only episode I think I, I think I remember something about uh, a barbecue sauce and some weird sexual innuendo with the sauce, which then comes into the creepy part of end of his saga but i i actually remember that episode quite well uh they had a barbecue and then after the barbecue all the couples that were there you know the younger kids the older people all that they're all kissing being very lovey-dovey on each other and he goes that's my barbecue sauce and he's like what the fuck did you put in that barbecue sauce bro and then everything happens and it's like oh no <laughs> watch out for them pudding pops um as far as like uh, catchphrases and things like that from this episode. So this episode had the line. I don't know if it was more meta making fun of the fact that they use this for advertising or if this is where the advertising line came from. But there was like T-shirts and, and uh, magazine ads and posters that were sold. And it was Bart Simpson. And it said underachiever and proud of it. Like that was like his you know tagline. Nothing. He, he didn't say it in the show. But like uh, when they were saying we're going to hold him back, like, you know, looking at your file here, uh, Bart. It says here that you're an underachiever, and then a little beat, and proud of it. And I was like, ha ha, that's funny. Um, they had, this is the first time that, I guess he said, first or second time he said Kawabunga? Yeah. The first time was Telltale Head, and this was the second time he said Kawabunga, which was, you know, his catchphrase or whatever at the time. They were trying to hash out all these catchphrases. Kawabunga, eat my shorts. My shorts, yeah. Uh, I'm Bart Simpson, who the hell are you? Uh, and then later, later uh, seasons, his catchphrase was karate or uh, and yeah. And then uh, was it, I think season two, they try They tried to make it was whatever season they had the episode where they go to the water park and Homer gets stuck in the pipe in, in later, when he's going down this. Go ahead, in, in, a, in a later episode, they go to Israel and they have uh, Bart runs into a girl and he does the. And she goes, Kraga! and like just beats the shit out of him. <laughs> the like Israeli elite uh, military forces for martial arts. Yeah. You guys forgot, uh, don't have a cow, man. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, true. See, that's why, you're, that's why you're here, Ryan. That's why you're the third. <laughs> uh, they also, in the episode where, I am sure they did it multiple times, but in the episode where they go to the water park and Homer gets stuck in the tube, they wanted to make uh, Bitchin be one of Bart's catchphrases. So as he's going down the slide and he's going all fast, he's like, Bitchin! Which obviously that didn't last, because uh, that's not good on a t-shirt. In the episode, um, Bart ruins Thanksgiving, where um, him and Lisa are fighting over the centerpiece and he throws it in the fire and it catches on fire. They tried to use bitchin' as well. He says it there. Oh, yeah, um, there we go. Like, bitchin'. Right, cool. Monetizing the catchphrase of Bart Simpson. I mean, think about it. Think about it. From then on, how many characters have a catchphrase? How many characters... I mean, how many shows have just taken from the Simpsons soup ladle out? It makes sense because, like, if you think about it, you know, you have the character, which, like, let's say a character is, you know, everything that ent entity does. And you have the visual representation of it as part. You're going to want to then have also an auditory then representation of it, too. You don't want it to be too long. You want it to be quick and catchy. 
And then you can do, you know, add things on so it's not just the picture of a character, it's the character, the catchphrase, and you just get more room to work on stuff, especially like merchandise with it. Like Merch merchandising, merchandise Simpsons the television show, Simpsons the flamethrower, Simpsons the Lego set. I don't know if you guys know where like the whole merch trend came from, but it's baseballs? No, George Lucas. George Lucas with the uh first, with Star Wars when he was like doing the contracting of it for like money and everything, he's like, I don't give a shit about the ticket sales, all right? You guys can take the majority of the sales of tickets. I'm taking merchandise rights. And at the time, they looked at him and they laughed at him like he was a fucking moron. Like, okay, dude. Like, what and now who's got to land then, in Disney? And like, so, yeah, exactly. And then he designed the Ewoks. Literally made characters to turn into toys to sell to children. Not to sell to children, but to make children go, I want that! I want that! And make their parents have to buy it for them. Like, the Simpsons definitely use like the catchphrases, but the second thing I was going to bring up, which is really popular nowadays, is the little cutesy guy to market. The uh, Simpsons didn't necessarily have that per se. They kind of made that into all of their characters. They were all kind of cutesy things to be collected and desired. But look at like every fucking new movie. Look at the Minions. There's a, mas a little mascot, a little mascot guy. Yeah, a little tiny cutesy little plushy kind of mascot that you like. Look at the the snowman from uh, Frozen. Baby Yoda. Uh, Puss in Boots. Nowadays, most movies try and have this little one thing that's going gonna, gonna to be great for Halloween costumes, for kids' toys, for uh, spinoff movies, for shorts, you know, everything like that. So, I mean, that just speaks to how classic The Simpsons is. And, like, when people talk about the classic era, some people leave out the first two seasons because, you know, they're still working on everything. That's you know, the best and, time, man. I don't. I mean, like, I, I, when I go back to watch The Simpsons, I usually skip the first season, maybe the second, because I've seen the second a lot. But like, I mean, five, six, and seven, uh, those are the heyday. Like, yeah, there's not a bad episode out of those three seasons. I don't. Think. Like one of the interesting things, like uh, the way that I think about like reading a book or watching a movie is like you are getting to enter into somebody else's mind for a little bit by doing that like they but then you know also at that point a bit of their mind is entering into yours so you kind of like you got to be kind of careful about that shit no one is they just like the pretty image well you absolutely lost me on that one i'll be honest um but that's okay you know i'm not that smart that's, i mean so. if so if someone is writing a a book or a movie, it is their thoughts, correct? Yes. You are then watching it, and it is entering into your brain through your sensory holes, correct? Ah, yes. So they have it. put yes. their thoughts into your brain at that point. Yes. And that that is gonna, if, it, if those thoughts stay in there, that is going to start to influence you in some way or another. Again, we're talking uh, about CIA, Project Mockingbird, and all that Planting shit. the seed, you know? Yeah. That's what we like to call planting it, the, in, uh, the, power, the mass empowerment movement, the meme movement. Welcome to the Doe Show, everyone, the only Simpsons podcast that talks about the real fucking issues like Project Paperclip and Mockingbird, you sons of bitches, we're gonna get you! The last time we talked about the CIA and stuff, my Discord got shut down randomly. This time it didn't, so I guess they're okay with it now. <laughs> I was going to just bring it back to the, the um, catchphrases. Not that it was a catchphrase, but 
what Bart said at the end of the episode or near the end after he took the test. I felt for the cartoon. I was like, damn, dude. When he, when he said, but I actually tried this time. This time yeah. Uh, when, he's, uh, when he's crying, breaking down. Into uh, like, I, I, I've been there. Yeah. I've been there. I'm a bad test taker. I just suck at it. And that's that's another thing on on the list. I mean, I've been there too, where like I actually did try one time, and I you still fucking fail. And it's like, well, I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. But one quick thing I want to bring up before we take a break here is, uh, this was the first time they in The Simpsons they added a new opening sequence. Uh, it's different by just little bits and pieces, but like over the times of the seasons that we've watched, it's kind of you know evolved and become something new. This was the first time where they had, um, you know, they had instead of just random characters in the background of the opening, they had actual characters from the show. They had Bleeding Gums Murphy. They had Mr. Burns, you know, stuff like that. So this was the first time that they started to change the intro to really start to uh, form what we know as the classic Simpsons. Um, But on that note, uh, I think, you know, this is a good time. We take a little commercial break. And we'll come back with the full chunk of what we thought of this episode and uh, what it meant to us. Get into the nitty gritty gritty in uh, about two and a half minutes on the Do Show. Coming up next on the Do Show. I think we have time for one more report. Bart Simpson? No. Is your book report on Treasure Island ready? Is it ready? Ha! What a question. Fellow students, prepare to be dazzled. Well, as Mrs. Krabappel already mentioned, the name of the book that I read was Treasure Island. It's about these pirates. Pirates with patches over their eyes and shiny gold teeth and green birds on their shoulders. Did I mention this book was written by a guy named Robert Louis Stevenson and published by the good people at McGraw-Hill? So, in conclusion, on the Simpsons scale of 1 to 10, 10 being highest, 1 being the lowest, and 5 being average, I give this book a 9. <clears throat> Any questions? Nope, then I'll just sit down. Bart, did you read the book? Mrs. Krabappel, I am insulted. All right, and we're back, everyone. Welcome back to the Doe Show. Thanks for sticking with us through that non-existent commercial break. Um, so this episode talks a lot about education, and I don't know if it was very much trying to make satire of education at the time, because, I don't know, this episode came out fuck, a while back, but, like, I didn't enjoy the education system, and I don't think the education system is doing people too much justice. I think they're mostly just forming children into little Play-Doh blocks and keeping them in that shape until they can monetize it, and then... Once these kids are like, oh, I'm fucked now because I'm in this little Play-Doh shape that doesn't really help in society. Now I have to break out of this mold and become a real person. So would you guys agree that the education system is fucked? I agree with what Johnny said, but I believe that the teachers are, most of the teachers are not the problem. It's the administration. It is the system. Exactly. I've had so many good teachers. I've had so many good teachers that have kept me on a straight enough line to graduate. Barely. Have understood what's going on. They get that you're a person. And again, they're they're trying to help you learn. That's what a teacher, most teachers, what a good teacher, an actual teacher is. They're just there to help you learn. And, you know, they're like, I know this. I really like this. I know I can help you learn this. I'm going to help you learn this. But the administration 
is trying to do you know, exactly what Johnny said, mold people into particular casts and you know particular roles to fill to throw a new gear into the, this into the machine into society. Yeah, to to form you into a cog, which. We know it's been a thing for a while. It's the song from Pink Floyd. Yeah. Welcome to the machine. It, 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 this has been this has been a machine for quite a while. The education system. And there's again, yeah. there's nothing inherently wrong with a machine or being a part of the machine, but it's one of those things where it's like you're. It, there's this level of like shadow play, hiding of what it is type deal. And like this, this dishonesty, trickery to it, and it's like, why? What? What's yeah. the point of that? You know, like you're like, hey, like if, if someone, I, I don't quite get it, but I feel like I, the schooling system. I lost my my faith in the education system when arts were taken out. You know, music and, yep. and the fine and arts, arts are always out. the first thing cut. It's always yeah when funding's cut. Which well, that's a whole different conversation, but that's cut. And then what? When yeah, when when I got out of school and realized, uh, you know, I didn't learn how to properly do my taxes or simple mechanic things or household living things. You know, I, I don't understand why they didn't teach us that. That's I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I, I've got a very passionate point on this for part of it. I've seen those things like, well, why didn't the school teach me how to do this, that, the other? I'm like, a lot of those things. I look at them like. That's not the school's failing. That's your parents' failing. Your parents, why didn't they teach you that? There's, there's this big thing that I, I've got a lot of my, a lot of my family are educators, if up to PhDs in education, and it's like there's been this thing, particularly in American society, where every role that is supposed to like help and teach and work with children has just unloaded their responsibilities onto teachers and they're like well you need to do that you need to do that you need to do that and it's like no there's still your fucking kids dude like you're still responsible you're responsible to teach them how to live the school is supposed to provide them with information and knowledge one just about you know like general things that you know everyone should know and then two about you know like professional artistic type things and, and those are the boundaries that are yes. getting crossed they're, 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 very they're, very great yeah ripped away well here's here's the thing i think there's a fair balance between it no i don't think par- or teachers are there to raise children but when you're talking about a real world education and you're teaching kids trigonometry rather than how to balance no, a checkbook not, or no, like do not finances. Talk math in front of me johnny that's one of the most important listen, things listen here's the thing Here's the thing. That's why people don't under. Oh no no no! Don't don't hear the thing me on fucking geometry right now, Johnny. Here's the thing. No, I didn't say I didn't say geometry. Trigonometry. Listen, I did not say geometry. Trigonometry is different than geometry. Geometry in algebra one makes sense in a real world world situation. There are very many classes that we are taught as an essential class. When those kids, the knowledge, like you know, you could say your parents are responsible for a certain thing. They're responsible for raising you. Two in my everyday life at any point in time. Like I don't know how people don't make decisions without. That's why people make such bad decisions all the time is because they don't know how to make a good, like algorithmic formula for decision making. They just randomly choose things or choose the thing they're like, and it's like, oh, this 
I like doing this, but every time I do it, bad things happen. Maybe this next time it'll be different. No, when you add two and two, it's always fucking four, you moron. Like, well, that's you don't need calculus to figure then, that out. But, but also, if you want to get into more advanced, in, in depth, and more complicated topics, and you know, professions that involve more things, you got to be able to have more complicated, advanced thoughts. And if you don't have an underpinning for that, you don't have it. And that's where math comes in. It is a here's the thing that pe people think that math is an equation. No, it's a thought process. That's what science is. Science and math, it is a thought process that you need to do to test your environment to see what is true and what is not true. That's what it is. And no one, no one, they, people expect people to tell them the truth. Everyone's fucking liars, except for me most of the time. I, I agree with what you're saying. I just think that they could have taken all of that time that we spent through 1 through 12. I'm not talking about college. I'm not talking about college. I'm talking about 1 through 12. All of that time we spent in schools and we all got out of school and like, I guess maybe like Mackley, you are very blessed. You have a very good family. I mean, I don't want to say that anyone else doesn't have a good family, but if you're like all of these things that help you in life need to be taught by your parents, then that's only giving a good life situation outside of school. To those who had good parents. I mean, and I, 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 I don't get that. You guys are going so guess, far, so I'm going to bring it all. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to go with, like, I don't. Again, if you've taken on the responsibility of bringing another life into this world, you should probably be prepared to deal with that. Um, that's so, all I'm going to say on that, I guess. Like, what if, this conversation is doing to me is it is making me stressful. So let's talk about that. How about the uh, stress, of stressing of the school system and kids' mental health, which was never talked about when we were growing up. Now it's way more of a thing. Mental health with children is way more, of a but thing. it needs to be talked about way more. Especially, but, yeah, it is talked about more though. From now, from since two thousand and ten till now, I think that mental health is being talked about a lot more, a lot more openly, and a lot more like in an accepted. I, there's this one meme that I saw where it's like, you know, boomers talking about like therapy. It's like, oh, she goes to therapy. And it's like, oh, spooky. She's fucked up. And then like, it's like our generation, the like millennials, like Gen Z, it's like, yo, so I went to my therapist and she said this and fuck you. Like, <laughs> it's like, a, it's a good thing. Like, you're, you're talking with someone through your problems to figure out what's wrong with you, your life, and your relationships with people. Like, it's if someone if someone tells you you're if someone says hey I, I've been going to therapy most people now say hey good for you man that's that's awesome I'm glad you're doing that I I always paid attention to my friends that went to therapy especially if they they were had like a particular mental health problem and like that and I'd all I'd always ask them and like try and get them to like reveal as much as they could mainly so that I would know what a therapist would say to people so I could just therapy, therapy myself instead of having to go to someone else for it. I like therapize yourself. Yeah. Be your own therapist. Talk to yourself therapy. about why you feel these things. It's a lot I'll, cheaper. It's a lot yeah. cheaper. Mm, <laughs> fucking Becky, Becky said this and it made me but, mad. Why am I mad? Well, I'm mad be, not because of what you said, but like, what, what, well, and then it reminds me of this. Okay, and then and you can reach back to your childhood trauma or this a relationship event that made you that gave you the scar that makes you react in this way. Listen, Macalente, not everyone is so fucking self-observant, though. You can look at yourself and be like, "Huh, 
I am kind of pissed off right now. Why am I pissed off? Because I I can do that too. Like what 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 is bothering me about this? And you get to the root of it, and you're like, huh, okay. And you move past that. Other people are just like, I'm fucking mad. I am going. I'm going to be. I'm mad. I can't. Yeah, I don't know. Like certain people, uh, everyone's different. You know, certain people can deal with things. Certain people actually need therapy. But at least nowadays, people can get it without it being a stigma. Yeah. And like that's, I've also seen this other thing where it's like you know like. You are not responsible for the traumas and trials that you experienced as a youth. But you are responsible for figuring out what that was and dealing with it so that you aren't a trash being yeah, around got, everyone else and bring it on to them. Like, Let's bring this back, though, because we haven't been in school for a while, maybe. Is that add that to going to school? And that, that? I said, add everything we're talking about because we haven't been in school for a while. Add that to going to school at the same yeah. time, you know. Exactly. And, exactly. and that's where I fucking hate to bring the subject up, but these terrible shootings are coming from. Yes. I think. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like it's that it's the stressors and also the popularity and not popularity of the the idea of it and the uh, uh, how can I put it. Uh, actually, was it Samuel L. Jackson or fucking Morgan Freeman said uh, uh, the best? Instead of these people being stressed out and sad and, you know, becoming suicidal and just be dying to nobody in their bedroom, then they can do this glorious bl- explosion ending where now they're all over the news. Like, I just watched a documentary about a kid who got swatted playing video games. And then after that, started swatting other people for fun, started clearing out buildings, calling in bomb threats just because he thought it was super cool that he had power. that power yeah. to clear out a building. I don't know what this obsession with people about having power and control is. Like I Oh, you don't? You're not sure? I don't like, I don't have, I don't I don't want any power or control over anything but me. Like and I barely even have that. I think it's funny though because a lot of the times I see the people that are most like like they want to exert their will upon others are the ones that you can tell just by looking at them have no control over themselves you know like you can just see it in there i'm not gonna i'm not gonna shame any type of physical aspect of a person but like you can just look at them and see like you don't you don't have control over yourself you can see that they do shit in their free time or you see them when you're around them doing things that they don't like they just ingrain their auto react to it and they're not in control of it they're not in control of themselves again as i was talking about earlier with uh reading things and watching things and someone else's thoughts entering into your brain it's almost like brainwashing is a type of thing that can occur with that yeah and we're talking about like stress on children school children like this is bart's 10 years old we're talking about the stress of going to school and and you know just not caring about it and getting in trouble and then you know all of a sudden it becomes a big deal to you because someone puts it in perspective that hey if you don't do this then you're gonna get held back and even homer was like homer's an idiot and he's like well at least you'll be bigger than everyone next year and he's like he doesn't want to do that he doesn't want to be held back the whole the whole year of school he didn't care but now when he's shown the situation that he's in he starts to care and at that point sometimes it's too late Uh, I mean, like mental health of children is now talked about, but like the stressors of school, you know, Bart's just a, he just fucks off. And then now all of a sudden he cares about it. 
But, you know, you, you de- we definitely remember those kids from school that cared so much, overly much, that they got, you know, it stressed them out just because if they were not exactly perfect, then it was an issue. And that's also could, could be also a cultural I'm, thing. I'm, I'm the asshole that would purposely, like, just even try and trigger those kids even more. Those, <laughs> I don't know why, but. Are you speaking of, like, just the, the, the overall topic of failure throughout uh no, I think he was talking about like the like you know like those perfectionists like I need to get an A in a class if I don't get an A I'm a failure and like well, exactly he's he's yeah. comparing himself to his sister which any sibling it's hard to follow their shoes especially at that young well he's older but that younger age you're kind of comparing yourself. It, what was it? They they framed that idea on The Simpsons where, uh, like, oh, you know, dinner time, Lisa has some big news. And she's like, oh, you know, uh, I got an A on vi- my vocabulary test. So Homer's like, oh, you know, this is amazing. This is the greatest day of my life. And they tape it on the fridge, which I thought was funny because, like, why don't they have fridge magnets? Uh, but, yeah, they tape it over, like, uh, well, it's about time to get rid of this. And it was, like, Bart's first grade drawing. So that just framed the idea that Bart has never done good in school since first yeah, grade when he picture, drew this yeah. really cheap stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's like, hey, what's the deal, man? That was my, you took my thing off the fridge. And uh, that really ties into the importance of the episode, why Bart feels like he needs to do better and why he starts to try to do better. Uh, and... That's good writing there, you know. If you do want to watch a want to watch an episode from uh, season twenty seven, uh, it would be like Bart. Uh, I don't know. Uses a voodoo doll to get a passing grade. Like they're just like stupid ideas. But this actually had some substance. This had something that made you care about it. It framed it in a way that was important. So when the rest of the episode happened, you actually felt something. Uh, I, I I, I'd like to so... comment on this part. Here is I've been kind of rewatching kind of to catch up because i knew it was going to be off uh the next uh guy on here anyway so i've watched the progression of this story um kind of start within the family and that's how you learn to love them and we all learn to love them and then they get you know the town or the the subdivision and then they get the town and then all it just keeps expanding and i think through that expansion it kind of not fades in a bad way, but I think Matt lost some of the connectivity. Yeah, it, it in terms less, of storytelling, you know. It, yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. At the at the onset of the series, it's more of a telling of the Simpsons family, and then it turns and expands into which I mean. Field. I mean, come on. He's been doing it how long? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no discredit. Talk about one family for that long without it getting stale and boring. Exactly. No discredit, but yeah. just like historically, I think that's yeah. they had they had to branch out. They had to make it bigger with the tertiary characters, the second characters, the third characters. Boss is never going to cancel you, so you've just got to keep on getting more unless you want to do the same thing over and over. And I think there was probably one point, probably around like season fifteen, maybe. I, I was just a guess of it. But I feel like there was one point where they're like, you know what? Enough with this thinking we're going to get canceled every season. We're just going to keep doing this forever. And that's I, like, I think they could just literally keep this show going forever, but they're going to have to keep being more creative. Like, yeah, you, that, I'm pretty sure there's like a robot that's writing it at this point. Like, 
they had they had to like you know stop just making Simpsons character episodes. They had to bring in other characters. There was a full Willie episode. Like most secondary characters have their own episodes, their own character development, where they're now just as developed as you know Grandpa Simpson. You know, like Apu is just as fleshed out as Grandpa Simpson. We we got. I was I was hoping to get my little segment in a little bit closer to where we were back like five minutes ago before we got into the town development and everything. But while we we're still on the full education system, so I'm gonna just shoehorn it in now. But uh, I'm gonna start off with a song lyric that's then going to lead us into what the current American school system is, when it kind of originated, and why it's no longer working for us. So the, the song lyric is, um, it's called Walking in the Snow by Run the Jewels. Uh, it's off of Run the Jewels 4. Um, fantastic group that was put together by, uh, there are two separate rappers that were doing their own shit. Both like new adult swim. Uh, the one guy, Killer Mike, was actually a voice for um, the mayor on Frisky Dingo, I believe. Uh, and so they're there at like a party and the guy, one of the guys uh, that, like the top one of the top two guys in uh, Adult Swim was like, "Hey, you guys should talk to each other and like hang out. I think you guys really like each other." They did. They ended up going on tour together, and when they went on tour together separately, it was the best tour that either one of them have ever went on. And they're like, "Yo, we should do something together." And Run the Jewels was born, and they went from being like you know this side rat project to selling out fucking arenas. But so they'll uh, it's Killer Mike's line, the second verse of uh, Walking in the Snow, and it goes. The way I see it, you're probably freest from the ages one to four. Around the age of five, you're shipped away for your body to be stored. They promise education, but really give you tests and scores. And they predict in prison population by who scored the lowest. And usually the lowest scores are the poorest they look like me. And then and then, get, and then that uh, it goes from there, but it doesn't. it's not about education at that point. It goes into the killing of black men for no fucking reason on the street. Um, but so that's and that's 100% correct. It's, it, was, it started about education, but then in, like, I can't tell you, I, don't, I didn't look up the exact dates, but then it changes, and it goes to the Austrian school system. And so, if, I don't know if people know much about European history, but the rise of fascism came from Germany and Austria. They combined together, and then World War II. But so the Austrian school system, so the way it works is... Are, are we getting into the full description of Austrian school systems? Yes. Well, it's, it, well, it's it, we use the Austrian school system. That is what the American school system is. So if we're talking about the, the failures of the American education system, we have to talk about the Austrian school system because that is what it is. Ah, is that the, that's the bad part we got from Project Paperclip. We got the school teachers. We got all the Nazi school teachers. Here's how you do it. You get, uh, I don't know why I just sounded Japanese. <laughs> Again, they were part of the access, though. <laughs> what, what you have to do is you give them nine, and that's English nine, not German nine, not zero. It's nine hours of schooling. One hour food eat. See, back into the Japanese again. I fucked it up. But look at this one period of recess, food and break. This is yeah. But so okay, back to it. Um, so you start with primary school. So you know grade school. So in America it's one through five. In Austria it's one through four. Then in so then you hit a split at this point. 
uh, the American schools, again, Amer it's like a, it's a der derivative of the Austrian system. It's not fully the Austrian system, but it's very similar. So then you get into your secondary level. And so there's two branches to that. The branch, you get one branch, everyone goes to the same primary school. But then that's the point of, that's where the test taking comes in. You take your tests and you get your scores. And then they're going to take you, take those, the administration is going to then go take those test scores and split them between the, split you guys into two groups. And there's going to be new secondary school and the academic secondary school. So they're going to take, oh, these kids are smart. These kids are dumb. And they separate them. There's no regard to the speed of which an individual learns because, you know, or what type of style of learning they excel in or any of that thing. I do. There's this. Like, it's all standardized. Yeah, it's all standardized. It's based on these tests. And here's the thing. Austria's like huge. They're they're they've got one of the like highest ranking like GDPs per capita. And they are a highly industrialized world or country, I should say. Like they're all about factories, industries. This is their school system is literally about designing the perfect factory. And at the time that this that the America adopted this, America had a large industrial factory sector. But we've outsourced all of that to China and Mexico. We don't have factories anymore. But we are still using a school system that builds factory workers. But they don't have any fucking factories workers factories to work in. So they're just being thrown into different jobs and things that don't track with to how they were trained. Again, is training someone to be a factory worker wrong? What if someone wants to work in a factory? Cool, let's have them work in a factory. There's something wrong with that. Uh, but so that, again, with the school system, they break them into the secondary school and the academic secondary school. And that's through eight, grade eight. And then at grade nine, you get pre-vocationary school, Intermediate vocationary school, so that's going to be like your, uh, you know, like uh, what what was that uh, program that we had at Plainfield South where they would take kids out on the bus to go do like um, Wilco. Wilco, Wilco, and like so, what were the what were the different like programs in that? You could learn uh, firefighting, mechanics, car mechanics, car dressing, basically just like uh, the uh, trade working, trade yeah, trade work. So that's, that's exactly what then the vocational schooling is. They go, mm, you're not that smart. You don't really get things. So we're just going to give you one little service that we like to receive, and you're just going to do that for us. That's not how it works at in Illinois, though. Not like, you're dumb. You're going to be a mechanic. <laughs> it's more like people get to choose, like, hey, I would like to be a mechanic. And then it's like, okay, instead of taking these certain classes, US, no, I, I'm sure it's, I, I can only I can only speak I can only speak for what I saw at our high school. I don't know. If, I I'm, I know there's states that have different things for Wilco. I think I remember again. Remember though, we, you're forgetting that again. Like at this point, we've got like school counselors and shit like that that are trying to influence our opinion on what we should be doing. You know, trying to either convince us to go to college or you know what. Maybe college isn't for you. Maybe you should just do this. You're not gonna like that. Like I think you'd be better at this. And so you've got I've that. had that happen a few times. Exactly. <laughs> and so you, you've got that again. And they're trying to corral people into certain different pools with not necessarily a regard to what that individual wants. 
And again, you get to this point where like, you know, sometimes what you want isn't actually what's best for you either. We've all been there before where we're like, I want to do this. And you do it and you're like, well, I hated that. I'm never going to do that again. Like, but so then you get into, yeah. And then then they split off from there, like a higher location. Like, like if you, if you're the graphic I'm looking at, there's a pre-vocational school. There's, and like, these aren't on top of each other. These are like horizontal to each other. There's like, the pre-vocational schools. You only get one year for that, and so that's going to be like hairdresser type stuff, that type of service industry type things. And then you get the intermediate ones, which you'll get like three years in, and then you get into the higher, like then you get into academic, the, the academic world, the college world on the other side of it. And with the, the higher vocational schools, that's going to be like your, like your high-level mechanics and mechanical people and then you get to the, the highest cycle, as they call it, and it's the secondary academic school. So that's going to be your fucking. If, your if, if only if only Bart got into a trade. <laughs> but so that's that's where again a lot of the dissync within our society has come. Again, we're we're using a system that's made to train factory vocational people but we've moved away from an economic system that utilizes them. So you've got these people trained in these particular tasks, but there's nowhere for them to utilize that. And they feel useless, bummed out, fucking like or, or the, the systems uh, failed them. That derogatory. Exactly. Uh, and then, you know, they're going to find someone to blame that on or something. You know, if you're depending again, like you've gone through the system. So if they, if, the, if you've been dubbed not going to college, they've thrown you off to the side already. And so you've had to learn on your own. And if you don't have that ability yet, like, then you don't. They, they, they push you into a small box and they form you into a shape. And then it's your responsibility after that to either stay in the shape or break out of it. And then you have to spend a lot of years breaking out of it. But Ryan, you have something to say? I was going to say that brings us to I think our next topic of conversation, which would be failure and how we all uh, have dealt with it through the education system so and learned from it. Everyone has dealt with failure in their life, but I think this would be a good time to have our second commercial break and come back and continue the rest of the dough show. And we're just going to contemplate all of our failures in the meantime. <laughs> don't, don't worry about us. I'm sure we're doing we're going to be back in 15, <laughs> folks, after we figure some shit out. Oh, God. What have I done Please turn in your exam, Bart. Class is over. Uh, you think you could grade it now, please? Well, all right. Oh, no. <laughs> What's the matter? Well, I would think you'd be used to failing by now. No, you don't understand. I really tried this time. I mean, I really tried. There, there. <laughs> this is as good as I can do, and I still failed. Well, a 59, it's a high F. Who oh, am I kidding? I really am a failure. <laughs> oh. And we're back to the dough show, Mackley. I've got one last thing. I, I want to try and bring all those thoughts I said about education into a fine, consumpt, nice, easy to digest point. So the current system is it's adults trying to impose their will and what they think people should be onto children. 
opposed to figuring out what children want to be and making it so that they can be successful at that. And I think until the school system changes and the administration level uh, adjusts the education to be around that, we are going to have these issues to be persistent and prevalent in our culture. It works in Austria because they have a fuck ton of factories and that's what they do. And you can go work at a factory and make good money and have great benefits and live in a place that gives you shit. But guess what? We don't have that. So everyone just feels lost and abandoned. And I think that's where the, uh, the really term that I've learned FOMO comes in, in the, uh, generation, the youth generation. Actually, that does make sense because FOMO, well, FOMO is like fear of missing out. I, don't have a fear that I'm missing out on a better education because I'm already done with my education. Uh, but I have a fear of missing out for other people. Like, you know, other people should have a better education. But there is the part of the episode, uh, the middle of the episode, where, you know, Bart finally decides he has to be, he has to do good or else he's going to be held back. He doesn't want to be held back. So he uh, enlists the help of Martin. And they have this whole, it's not a montage, it's like a whole half of an act of the show where Martin's trying to teach him different things and help him learn. And uh, I, I think this is the funniest joke of the episode where it's like Bart is highlighting uh, things in a book and Martin has like a timer on him. And then he says, all right, Bart, and the next time we'll try that with a real book. That, that, that was my favorite. That was my favorite scene of the episode. It was, it was, it was, it was fucking hilarious. I died. And, and, I think that's probably okay. the best joke of the episode. He's just highlighting random lines on a blank piece of paper. Like the the best part is the, the joke didn't have to explain itself. It was just there, and it was funny, and it was, it was great. But then you know it's 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 a snow day. Randomly, it's a snow day. So he prays to God something will happen to make him miss school the next day. It's a snow day. He goes out to run out to have like a snow day. Lisa stops him, says, "This is what you asked for, so you should use it to study." So, of course, he's upstairs studying, he's trying to study, and halfway through, he looks out the window, and what can he see from his window, but literally the whole town of Springfield. The entire town of Springfield, uh, ice skating, sledding. Joining arms, singing carols, the mayor declaring this, on this today is now snow day, and it is the best day in Springfield's history. <laughs> uh, and it's like, of course, he can see all this from his window, and that's where it comes up with the FOMO, like fear of missing out. You hear about these cool things, and like, how dare you do anything responsible when you're like, fuck, I could be there, though. My FOMO experience happened in college, again, educational-based. Uh, I, My freshman year, I joined a fraternity, CBT, Zeta Beta Tau. We were a bunch of Jews. There wasn't. Jew, but we chose to be Jews anyways. And uh, the voluntary Jews. If you think about it, Jew, it, the, the, I mean, the technical term with like being a Jewish person, like being with it is like me means being chosen by God. But we were all like, yeah, we want to be one. <laughs> so we just we chose that instead of it choosing us, you know, who knows, but whatever. But so, yeah, the, the, the story here being fraternity house. So then I, I move into the fraternity house before the end of my first semester, my freshman year. And at that point, you know, you're in a frat house with your brothers. Everyone's drinking, smoking all the time. 
and crazy shit happens all the time. You wake up in the morning and these guys are telling this hilarious shit that happened at three o'clock in the morning and da da da. This is like, you know, spontaneous, random craziness, awesome story happened. And you're just like, oh, I wish I was a part of that. So it's like, well, if I don't go to sleep, I don't have to worry about missing out on things. So then you're just staying up, waiting around yeah. to see if you hear people hanging out and shit. I still experience that. I, so I, then, like, it became that where it was, like, kind of this, like, you know, like, event-seeking behavior. And I developed insomnia that kicked my fucking ass. And then I had to get an Ambien prescription. But I already have ADD, and I'm distracted enough. So then I was on Ambien, and then I just couldn't fucking... I was fucking dead brain, so then I had to get on Adderall. And then I get on this horrible cycle of I can't sleep without a drug and I can't do life without a drug. And I was like, oh no, this is bad. And it was it was pretty gnarly there for a minute, but we got off. I had real bad FOMO for uh, festivals the last couple of years. 2019 was the last festival I went to. I, I haven't been to a festival since the last summer camp before I moved out here. We're at like... Six. Think of, I, hold on, let's bring it back, bring it back, bring it back to education. Homo of edu- during education times. Think of a story then, a time when that mattered. Because that was well, a very big turning point in our, mostly uh, neurological. Uh, well, I mean, that, that was with my, with, okay, so then with my FOMO being in college, and it wasn't, you know, based on education, but in the education system, it, I had a 8 a.m. organic chemistry class that I wasn't able to like, you know, I'd be getting two hours of sleep going into this class and I wasn't able to fucking like perform or do, do my schoolwork because of that. To, to bring that, you know, back to the other conversation, um, it, that plays a huge toll on mental health, especially as a young growing uh, adolescent. And then, you, like, have, yeah. you have to learn how to balance that social and you know uh, business or school life. That's a hard thing. Some people never. Some people never learn how to balance. And, that. Then, if, the and then if that FOMO starts coming into like intrusive thoughts as you're laying down trying to go to sleep and you're not getting good sleep, you're waking up and you're already stressed and not rested. So you're not necessarily at a at like your baseline. You're at a little bit below. And if that continues, if that continues and continues, you're just in a downward spiral, and then it, it's almost impossible. Can to I bring up a, a, a thought uh, on that? Is it's it's an idea, but how would how would it be if the society with society we live in had a um, kind of like checked in schooling system in terms of the individual? was able to check into school and do their hours much, much kind of like a college, but a little bit more, uh, 1030, 1130, kind of more standardized. So then the individual can optimize themselves okay. and not be thrown in. Are you, are you talking about high school? I, I'm talking about the, the fact that a, a school starts at, you know, seven, eight o'clock in the morning and the, brain at an adolescent age is not up at that, that time. That, so is, that is exactly like my, the, the thoughts I have. Some, are, some are, you know, so yeah. if you were able to schedule yourself at that level. Well, again, like like maybe, Johnny said before, know. if you've got the money to go into a Montresory school program type shit, they you are, the point. They, they, they go, they, what does the kid want to do? We let the kid what they want to do. 
and we figure out what they can do from that, opposed to the current main system, the public school system, again, the public and private school system. We haven't really separated that because that isn't a topic in this episode. But like, you this could be very simple, though. You could have a you could have a teacher start at eight thirty, a teacher start at nine thirty, and teacher start at ten thirty, and have a class start at each different time. Set up to where like people that have kids, they get their kids off to school, they go to work, and when they get off work, it's right around the time where like the kids are getting off school. Uh, so that is a big thing too. Like, yeah, if, if a kid's like, Hey, I would do better if I woke up at 11 and went to school till blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't mean the parents can be like, Hey, my kid is, uh, more comfortable with going to school at this time. So can I change my shift to this time? That's unfortunate. It's not how it works for a lot of people. Again, because the whole system is a machine <laughs> for a machine to like work properly. Certain things have to like be in aligned and consumed with each other. It's that are just really bad at test taking for whatever reason. Like, there's a million different reasons you could be bad at. Maybe you just get really bad anxiety when you know something big is coming up. Like, I know I wake up sometimes when I know, like, the next day at work is, like, a really important day. I have anxiety before I go to work just because of it. Like, kids probably have, like, oh, it's a big test. They're anxious about it. They've studied their fucking dicks off. But then you get in front of the test and you just can't, can't do it. There's people who can take tests and study study all the time there's people who can't there's all sorts of people there's people who cannot study at all and then pass the test just because they understand the idea of multiple choice questions as we learned from alex earlier <laughs> i was pretty good at like I, I i didn't know the right answer but i knew which ones were definitely not right so it, it was like you know it, it bettered my percentage well, it's like it, and here's here's the one of the things that i hate the most about like as there 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 are programs that are like test taking strategies like you it's like you shouldn't have to like a test shouldn't you shouldn't have to strategize about taking a test why are the tests set up like that that you need a strategy for that means that the system isn't making a good fucking test like (laughs) i mean people people will sign their kids up for like they, they have like sat prep classes outside of school that you can go on outside of school they're in school no they're they're no no no. i'm saying they're they're in school but they also have ones where you come in on a saturday for one but also there's third party sat prep where it's completely outside of the school system itself and there are kids that have parents that will make them go to every single thing because they know if you want to get into a good college you have to kill it on the sat and you have to take these certain electives and you have to do these outside programs. You have to be in band. You have to do one kind of sport. You have to do something like this. So it looks good on a resume. They're all the children are built to be a resume to be forced into college to like figure out what they want to do. And then how many people do we know that have college degrees that are definitely not working in their I, mean, I don't have a college degree. I went to four years of chemistry, got mad at the, the administration, tried to fuck me because I fucked with the administration a lot. And I dropped out, and now I work in food again. My my freshman year, I was making self-assembling nanoparticles out of copper for novel forms of drug delivery. So, like the idea being, you can encapsulate 
uh, drug compound. So like mainly speaking, like something like a chemotherapy drug, you know, chemotherapy, uh, the way that chemotherapy drugs work is they target rapidly dividing cells, which cancer cells are rapidly dividing cells. But you also have other rapidly dividing cells, uh, your blood cells, your stomach tissue, hair cells. Yeah, there's yeah, your health, your hair cells, and it targets them too. It's, it's indiscriminate. It just it, the, because of the the coding system of the cell as it attacks everything. So the nanoparticle drug delivery that we were working on would then encapsulate, you know, the compound and only trigger with a certain site that's prevalent on cancer cells. So it'd be targeted directly. My sophomore year, we I did. Uh, I had to learn how to blow my own glass because the uh, experiments we were doing, there was no form of commercial glassware available for it. We were making, I was making free radicals under a high vacuum environment. Uh, again, like the industrial uh, vacuum system in the chemistry department for like everything wasn't strong enough. So we had to build our own like pump system to do it. Uh, I was doing this shit where I'm heating up one flask with a blowtorch cooling down another flask with uh, dry ice and acetone like with like a few hundred degrees different and making this wild reaction and then like slowly having to coax the product by like changing the different the heat differentials in the, the the glass so that my the what I'm making goes over into this tube then I have and like the I had to test all of the glass that I blew with a Tesla coil because if there was any, if there's a hole large enough for oxygen to get into, it would level the entire chemistry building. Like, it would be such a violent explosion that we wouldn't have a science building anymore. And I did this all high as fuck. I was smoking me every time before I went in and did this. But the, the free radical generation, uh, it was actually referred to as the holy grail of chemistry by my professor. We are trying to figure out how plants make carbon-carbon bonds if you can, in a direct and control way, make a carbon-carbon bond, you can make almost anything you want to from the base level and for, for drug creation, for material creation. For, and there's actually, so it was the semiquinone radical that I was making, and there's this new uh, pill on the market in the supplement uh, uh, industry called CoQ10, which is uh, quinone, but not in its radicalized form. And it's huge for heart health, uh, the electron transport chain. And I'm not going to say that it's going to, that it's an anti-aging pill, but it's pretty much all aging, almost all, all age-related diseases come back to um, DNA damage and oxidative stress. Oxidative stress comes from us breathing in oxygen because uh, what our energy system is, is a very small or very controlled burn. We are essentially fire given a solid physical state. That's what our energy comes from. And this was this reduces slash eliminates damage from oxidative stress. If you take this in conjunction with compounds that protect your DNA, there's almost no reason for you to age physically. Not that we figured out the Philosopher's Stone or anything, but it's like 40 fucking dollars a bottle, though. It's kind of expensive. But then my senior year, my advisor that I did the free radical research with was like, you know, we don't have to do that anymore. I got enough data for that. Let's just move here. You are exactly, you and everybody else uh, is exactly the reason I passed high school. 
and was able to get through the education system. I, uh, I was a Bart, and you were the Martin. I was the Martin. <laughs> you see what the education system has done to us? So then we've got this, uh, so in the episode we get this, uh, one of the main character dynamics is between uh, Martin and Bart. So Bart needs help learning the material. Martin's obviously the smartest kid in the class, leagues above everyone else. And so he goes up to Martin for help. And then it started with the bus scene uh, when he was trying to rip answers off of the twins. And then Martin heard them tell him wrong answers. And Martin came up and was like, yo, they were lying to you. None of those answers are right. The information you were given was quite erroneous. So then you get this idea, and like we've talked, we talked about the scene with uh, Martin doing the highlighting shit. But so you get this back and forth of Martin tutoring Bart in education, and Bart tutoring Martin in social experiences. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's a good way to say it. Would be he Bart is teaching Martin social knowledge because. Uh, the first thing was like uh, Martin says, well, I thought I was very popular. Is my 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 knowledge in numbers, my uh, years of service as a hall monitor, my uh, award winning oh, dioramas? Oh. Is that not enough? And then he's like, let me, I'll give you a demonstration. And he just pushes Martin over and everyone starts laughing at him. And then and they get into another little like, conversation that again, and Martin like starts to try and defend himself. And Bart just, and like he just pushes him again and everyone laughs. And he's like, all right. And then, like they have this great scene then too, uh, they get doing on this like duality type thing. It's like so they're sitting on the tree. Uh, Martin has a comic book in his hands. Uh, uh, Bart has a fucking like math book or textbook in his hands. And then it, it like you, you see it from the front of them, and then it flips to an over the shoulder perspective, and you see that uh, Martin has slipped fucking like math equations into his fucking comic book like he's looking at something inside of that like a different book inside of the book and then bart has a comic book inside of the textbook he's like looking at the textbook but then the, i would uh, like to comment on the writing of that itself that not only are we talking about bart gets an f right and in, in that whole hierarchy there's also this other uh secondary story happening in terms of how he gets to that right his, uh, his, his triumph Rocky moment kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they, I don't know if they really had a Rocky moment, which like the Simpsons do all the time that like build up like montage. I mean, there wasn't a per, per se montage. There was a scene where like uh, Bart was at his desk doing something and Martin had like a fucking, uh, like a witch switch and he's hitting him with the switch. Uh... <laughs> I, had, I had a chef that did that to me once. He, he... He had worked in Japan, and in Japan, you're allowed to hit people if they're not <laughs> right. Again, we've gone we've gone into Chris Dugo. Different, uh, different education system. Japan. We don't know how it goes. <laughs> I've, I've gone into the Imperial. We, we've had nuns with before, rulers right? at one point. We can't talk shit. But <laughs> listen, yeah, we've had nuns with rulers. I've worked in a restaurant with Mexican people that took their dookies and put them in the in the in the uh, trash can, like. <laughs> It's cultural things that separate everyone. Uh, I'm not saying they're right or wrong, the whole, but... 
They're not for me. <laughs> yeah, there's some FOMO I don't. What What is the opposite of FOMO? Fear of not caring? Apathy. <laughs> no, 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 no. Joy of apathy. Joy of apathy. Uh, fear of missing out is joy of apathy. So J-O-A. <laughs> But listen, I mean, like, you know, no, all cultures are nice and, you know, they're not wrong for doing those things. But it is a really uncomfortable situation where I have to try and tell this guy that we have good enough plumbing for him to put his poo-poo in the toilet. <laughs> and he only speaks Spanish and I only speak like about a hundred words of Spanish. And uh, I, I wanted to put up a sign in the bathroom. But then if you put up a sign, then like, you know, someone's going to feel called out because you're gonna put it in spanish and not in english and if you put it in spanish and english then other people that use that bathroom be like who the fuck is pooping in the in the toilet or the trash can it's a very very fragile situation when you deal with culture was that at the fucking uh warehouse no it was at, it was at a restaurant <laughs> that will not be named <laughs> it was it was definitely not in the city of joliet and it definitely wasn't on the street called Chicago. And it definitely wasn't named after the kind of roof it had. Which may have been a with mage with may have been a with may have been a cheaper metal. <laughs> uh, uh see, okay, so in school, like I always fucked up. I remember doing a bunch of crazy shit to get my homework done. Like uh, I think it, was, it had been like seventh or eighth grade. I was in class, uh, sitting there, and I knew they were about to be like, "Pass your homework up," and I was like, "Uh, excuse me, I forgot something in my locker." And then I just turned to someone, was like, "Give me your fucking homework." So they gave it to me. I ran, ran in my locker, opened up the door, and took both of the piece of paper and just marked everything the same and brought them back into the class, threw it, threw it to the other dude, and like, I've been to. That's why. That's why I inline skate skated back in the day because I was trying to perfect my muscles to skate through life. Skate through like yeah, middle school, high school. I just tried to just skate through. Well, I took on a skateboard, so I learned how to cruise through life. I'm not going to <laughs> for either of those. Activities. Alex is still stumbling. We're helping. <laughs> I, I walk into things still. I still walk into objects, but like on it that I walk by every day, and I still just like can't quite. You got to pick up some wheels, I, dude. I, I'm, at least I, a bike. Cycle through life, bro. So if you, I, if, didn't, I didn't learn. I didn't learn those equations. I don't know those equations. So Alex and me have talked about how both of us are kind of wizard builds. You know, scrawny. You know, no, not big on strength. More big on like you know charisma and wisdom, <laughs> but, but be because you're taller than me, I have a little bit more dex, and that's why I can rollerblade. I can be on wheels, but you have a higher wisdom. Uh oh, I should have said that. God damn it! I shouldn't have said. Now your ego is gonna try. Finally got him to admit it. Uh, this was just an idea, and now he's going to be egotistical <laughs> for the next 16 episodes. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, welcome gonna, welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, I am the wisest of them all. <laughs> all right, I'm going to hit you with then some some knowledge on the, on the Simpsons. You ready? Because I learned this shit. And it, it, on it, baby. Okay, so do you know there. the McBain series and how oh, they cut it in and out, yeah. right? Throughout I'm going to let you, I'm you, I'm gonna hop on. 
Go, what, what do you got about McBain? There's an actual full McBain movie. If, if you, you guys string, know that. Yes, if you string all of the clips together in the background, it becomes an actual movie. And I've always wanted to do that with my show. That is that brilliant, brilliant uh, sub-writing there. Yeah. Because like, that's not that's not A story, that's not B story, that's not even like C story. That is literally just background story. That's background story that didn't even get a letter to say what story it was. Uh, that's what? creating a lore. The goggles do nothing. <laughs> that, uh, hey, or King of the Hill does that with their. Um, the, I can't remember what the name of the show is, but there there's a show that they watch on the TV, and it's about this like Mexican Catholic priest. That goes that like goes around and like killing people and is like his again going back catchphrases his catchphrases vile con dios so go with God <laughs> and he just starts sending off like fucking bullets off into people like that's that's the show they watch in the background but um then I'm going in on background jokes uh, I wonder if those connect we gotta do some research I I can't doubt you that you say that I got and because it theirs is because the McBain's are the McBain's are movies. Um, parodying it's the Die Hard movies, but the Schwarzenegger character. Character, yeah. And um, but the one that I was going to go into is um, the show Community. They do this joke where it takes—I don't remember how many seasons it's over. I think it's like it culminates in the fourth season. But they do Beetlejuice. They say the name Beetlejuice three times separately and then in the background the third time they see it in the hall in the very back imagery in like through a window leading into a hallway you see someone in like a beetle the beetlejuice fucking suit walk by and that's it that's funny so it's okay so that's it they didn't do a whole beetlejuice no, no. episode in, oh, okay. individually over like four to five seasons the word beetlejuice was said on individually on three separate occasions and on the third time the rule of three, Beetlejuice walks by, which is again, if you with the Beetlejuice, you summon him by saying his name three times. Uh, I miss um, they do Beezlebub, 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 Beezlebub. Yeah, yeah, uh, that made me think of uh, like you know, think of any classic cartoon comedy show, they have certain tropes that they do, uh, certain tropes that they do and repeat over and over, like or not over and over, but like you know, how many different shows have a uh, Willy Wonka episode? Yes. Or, you know, like a certain play on this You don't like good old parody? Like the music man. like good old parody? No, I love a parody. But I was thinking when you said that, I was like, oh shit, are TV shows starting to make Beetlejuice one of those things that you have to hit? Because everyone does a, uh, everyone does a Bill Cosby, you see. Uh, No, but everyone does like a Willy Wonka episode. It would be cool if the new, like, normal would be everyone does a Beetlejuice episode trope on their show well, that's like um if i know i know you guys aren't into anime but i am but there's like again there's certain things that like ever like to be a true anime you've got to have a this episode a that episode a th- and like there are certain things you have to hit and that was you gotta hit the, yeah, the yeah. first uh true american anime then would have been avatar no, avatar japanese dog Avatar The Last Airbender was the first American anime that actually the the creator I mean the creators I'm they're they're of Asian descent but they're born in America 
and they made, went through and they made sure that they hit every one of those episodes that told an American story, but did it in a world based off of Asian cultures. All right, and we've had such such a wide variety of things we've talked about. As per tradition. But as per tradition, one arm, two buttholes. Uh, uh, I guess numerous eyes, uh, multiple recordings, multiple tracks, multiple people. Now we have Johnny P, Alex Mackley, and Ryan Burke in The Power of Threes, which is the Doe Show. And uh, I think we should just end the show and we should all say something at the same time or say different things at the same time or say nothing at all. You got an idea? Anybody listening has an idea of an episode we should cover or talk about or dissect? We should do it. I would also, again, we always ask people to email us. We are, again, at... Don't worry about what the size of our fan base is right now. But if any of you guys have anything to say about education or are in education field and want to either uh, hop on and agree with us or tell us that we are fucking idiotic morons that are wrong, uh, go ahead and send us uh, some communication. It's the Doe Show Pod at gmail.com. <laughs> also, you can check out our Discord server, The Doe Show. You can check out our Facebook page uh, group, The Doe Show Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at The Doe Show. Uh, we all have our individual stuff, but I'm sure you'll find it from that. You'll, master, you'll see us interacting uh, on those pages. Yeah. You'll find us interacting on those pages because, wink, wink, we're the only people interacting on those pages. <laughs> so I guess we'll call it for tonight, guys. So this has been The Doe Show. Thank you for uh, listening if you did and if you didn't then you don't know what I'm saying right now. Have a good night, everyone.